first and foremostly, just explain to us how these, uh, what does the amendments actually mean? Well, the fundamental construct of the amendment is, as you put it, it would regulate the charging practices by healthcare service providers, which up until now was interpreted by the Council for Medical Schemes as being payment at cost. So in other words, for prescribed minimum benefits conditions, uh, healthcare providers could pretty much charge what they like. Now, you've applauded this action by the Minister. Why is that? Well, because the, the very construct of healthcare in our society is a, as a basic human right. Um, to place healthcare in the domain of the marketplace, um, as with any other uh, product or service, would be not only immoral, but would be economically suicidal in the sense that it would, it would take healthcare costs to astronomical uh, proportions. So our view that healthcare costs be a regulated, uh, be um, regulated within a structured tariff regime is definitely a victory for every citizen in this country to ensure a more equitable health system. Mm-hmm. How would SAMWUMED and the other medical aids implement the new regulations? Well, it, 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 it would be fairly simple. It would be regulated according to a prescribed tariff regime. In fact, um, <clears throat> not so long ago, um, prior to 2004, um, medical schemes prescribed to a benchmark tariff, which is referred to as the BHF tariff. Hmm. So we would we would we, we would uh, refer back to a regulated tariff regime. Uh, in fact, there is under the National Health Act there is a uh, a reference to a tariff called the National Health Reference Price List. So the intention of the minister is to refer back to the National Health Reference Price List to which all healthcare, private healthcare service providers must be referenced. What's the implications for the patients? The implications for the patient is that their bills must be paid in for, and they should be paid in for, but they should be paid in for uh, in, in accordance with the prescribed tariff. If I can give you an example, yes, please. under p uh, given the... Um, the, the current interpretation of payment at cost, it would mean that a patient goes to a doctor and if it is a PMB condition, that doctor can bill any amount. And, and, the, and, and the practice that has emerged is that they're charging anywhere between 300 to 800% of what is regarded as an ethical tariff. So what this would mean is that doctors would not be able to, to, to charge what they like but would have to prescribe to a particular tariff, that this would mean that patients would not have to pay out of pocket uh, for any expenses or it wouldn't enforce medical schemes to pay at cost because enforcing medical schemes to pay at cost inevitably leads to uh, patient costs because uh, medical contributions are increased to subsidize these increased costs. So it's a huge victory for patients. All right. Right. We're also joined on the line by the Deputy Director General of the Department of Health, Dr. Anbar Pillay. Doctor, a very good morning to you. Good morning to you and good morning to the listeners. Now, I've asked the question before, but what do you think would, uh, would this, will this not have a major implication on South Africans as a whole? Um, well, it's, it's a draft amendment currently, and we're hoping that uh, all parties will make comments on it so that we can uh, improve on the on the on the regulation its final 
formulation. But uh, in terms of uh, implication for those who are medical schemes, the reality is that um, uh, scheme members currently have to pay much higher rates for PMBs than non-PMBs. And so we're trying to get a balance between those two through these regulations. Mm-hmm. How is the health department hoping to make this work? And is this maybe in preparation of NHI? Um, this has been a long-standing problem that medical schemes have faced. And so the implementation will will, will happen uh, after we receive comments and uh, evaluate those comments and see how best uh, the regulation must be constructed. And my question on the NHI, how will this work? And uh, is it in preparation of NHI? Um, in, in terms of NHI, the, well, uh, the, the NHI construct is still, still being finalized in terms of policy, so it, it would be difficult for me to, to comment on how this is going to relate to NHI specifically, because this is specifically relating to how medical schemes reimburse providers. Is this a victory for consumers and patients or, 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 or not? Yes, definitely, because remember that at the end of the day, if a, if a provider of health care uh, charges uh, a medical scheme way above what the scheme had budgeted. It means that the scheme member either has to pay that out of pocket or has to pay that through higher and higher premiums. So at the end of the day, there's some consumer benefits through. We also joined on the line uh, uh, by Section 27, uh, Dr. Munya Rugeke. A, a, a very good morning to you, Dr. Good morning. Thanks for having me. Now, apparently, uh, Section 21 is against the amendments. Can you explain to us why? Um, it's actually Section 27. Section, did I say se- Section <laughs> yes. Section 27? Yes. Um, well, Section 27, together with some patient groups uh, that we represent in a case that Genesis brought against the department, um, put out a statement yesterday raising some concerns. Um, this is a process of engagement and consultation, and, and we've given our, we're starting to give our views on this amendment, although we're still studying the amendment and its consequences. Now, the main concern that we have is that if patients are having to pay co-payments um, on, on chronic illnesses and other conditions that they currently have full cover for, we're concerned that they will remove access, that the amendment will remove access that is currently available to patients. Um, and, you know, people cannot afford co-payments on some illnesses. Um, we represent the South African Depression and Anxiety Group. And, you know, they, they have told us that psychiatric medication, for example, can be quite expensive. So even a small co-payment uh, may mean that a patient would choose not to take their medication because they don't have the extra cash to pay into the system. And that means that they would be left without those drugs, and that would be potentially harmful. What would be your reply to that, Dr. Pillay, that that patients will have to pay co-payments? Dr. Pillay, are you still there? Yes, hello. Yes, I'm here. Can you hear me? What is your response to that? My, my, my take on that is an interpretation of how Section 27 has interpreted the implementation of that regulation. And uh, that's the intention of this um, comment period is for, for parties like Section 27 to, to share their concerns and for us to see whether that, in fact, <coughs> is a reality in the current construct. But the intention of the regulation is not for patients to pay co-payments. 
is for them not to pay cold payments at the same time for them not to endure higher and higher premiums. So mm-hmm. uh, we will engage with Section 27 around their concerns and see whether the current construct creates that problem or not. Mm-hmm. So, so, so organizations... Yes. Is that, is that Mr. Nair? Yes, that's yes. right. If I'm allowed to answer, I mean, we fully, fully appreciate the concerns of uh, the various organs of civil society that have voiced concern over this. In fact, Samumed in itself um, arises uh, from the very progressive movements that that are uh, some of which are opposing the uh, the amendment. Uh, uh, given our history in the progressive trade union movement. Mm-hmm. Um, the point that, that, that we would like to make to, to, those, to those organs is that, um, is that this amendment seeks to avoid overcharging. Mm. And I think overcharging is an issue for every citizen in the country. We all want to pay a fee, uh, a justifiable fee for services, but we cannot see that a ju- justifiable fee can be in excess of what the norm is. And what we found in, uh, with, uh, with certain service providers, uh, given this interpretation of payment at, at cost, is opportunistic behavior. And that opportunistic behavior is on the increase. And we have data, I mean, we have actuaries that have, that have done a lot of research into this to indicate that there are instances of upcoding, which means that when a claim is submitted to a medical scheme, the service providers would look at for opportunities to upcode the claim to ensure that it's a PMB condition. And if it's a PMB condition, they charge a different rate. Now, why should a different rate be charged for a PMB condition as opposed to a non-PMB condition? So the issue is about overcharging, and we want to. In, in, if if we avoid overcharging, we can we can arrive at a more equitable dispensation on the distribution of healthcare for more people, so we can get more people into this in, 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 um, um, within mm-hmm. the healthcare framework. Umunyana, also, Umunyana does sorry. that address your concern to a certain extent? Um, and I would, I would comment first on Dr. Tilley's comment about the, the alternative being the escalation of, of premiums. Um, I'm not sure that there's evidence that that is, is happening or that it will happen in the future. And I don't think the way to address a possibility of increase in tariffs, and sorry, in premiums, is to, is to remove a system that works for patients and to introduce tariffs. And now that I think also um, I would say that the doctors should be a part of this conversation because they are accused of, of abusing the system, um, as should the Health Professions Council, because the Health Professions Council has a particular mandate around overcharging. Um, under Section 53 of the Health Professions Act, the, the professional boards in the HPCSA are required to to look at overcharging by particular professionals mm-hmm. and to charge them for disciplinary action if that's the case. But Dr. Pillay, yes, but Dr. Pillay, as I understand it, this is, still a, uh, this is still a draft amendment. That's right, yes. It's still up for comment. Uh, and after we receive all the comments, we will then evaluate them and see how best uh, the, um, the, the, the regulation needs to be adapted in line with comments and concerns, etc. On, on the issue about evidence, I should say in our submission to the Competition Commission, which is uh, available on the web, uh, there is very clear evidence of when, when the, a, a, a provider is charging for a PMB, he or she charges a much higher rate 
you know, it's a non-PMB, simply because for a PMB you can get a, a higher reimbursement. But it's a similar service, similar costs, etc. When uh, is the process now open and how do people make comments? Basically, they, 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 would, uh, they would send comments into the, to the Minister of Health, uh, addressed to the Department of Health. And, and, and the, the, the minister will then consider all those comments before making a decision as to how the regulations will. Well, that's uh, where we got to leave it. Thank you so much uh, for uh, the Deputy Director General at the Department of Health, Dr. Anbar Pillay. And uh, we also were joined on the line by the attorney at Section 27, Umanyana Rugege, as well as uh, Sambumet's Principal Officer, Neil Nair.